We are back with another episode of the Fed Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Dan Delatori, and today we're continuing our series, Roadmap to Your Federal Retirement. So previously, we discussed your federal retirement, and we've compared it to a tripod, three legs between FERS, Social Security, and the TSP. Three legs which together create a solid foundation, but if one is weak, your whole retirement structure can collapse. So today we've brought a federal benefit specialist on, my dad, Jim Delatori, and he's going to talk to us about another important factor, which are things you need to consider to have the retirement not only that you want, but you deserve. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your history, and what qualifies you for us to call you a federal benefit specialist? <laughs> Good point. Well, um, I've been working with federal employees now for over 25 years. Uh, during that time, I've traveled the country. I've talked to everybody from the employees that are covered under the special groups retirement system to regular rank and file. My background is in insurance and financial planning. And through those experiences and talking with federal employees, I've come to understand the challenges, the needs, the wants that they are all looking for. And I found myself being able to communicate effectively what they need to do, in essence, to plan for retirement. Well, that is quite a resume. So before we got on here, you gave me four points of things that are considered considerations or, or important decisions that federal employees need to make before retirement. So the first one you had mentioned is choosing the best retirement date. Now, I know a lot of us, we want to get out of here as soon as possible, but why might that not be the right decision? Well, I think it comes down to, in a lot of ways, what you talked about with the three legs of your retirement. And as we all know, there's one thing to be eligible to retire, and then there's another to actually retire. And making sure that before you decide that retirement date, you understand what you are getting in the form of benefits and what you might be missing. So for instance, for a lot of people, they may not realize that cost of living doesn't kick in until they reach 62. So if they retire at their minimum retirement age with 30 years of service, they may not see cost of living for five years. And now that can have an impact on the value of their retirement in the future. It's also important to remember that retirement is more about the length of time, not what do I get my first year, what is going to be coming into the household 25 and 30 years after I actually retire. So making sure that you look at your different options and what kind of financial outlay come into play. Because once you make that election to retire, you can't go back and change it. So you want to make sure you have a good understanding of what those numbers look like. Well, that is important. And you know, that is a big decision. So is it fair to say that you just want to wait until you absolutely can't anymore? 62, 65, 70, or how do you find that sweet spot? Well, it comes into uh, looking at the layering of income that comes from your retirement. We have, or I should say federal employees have three different retirement systems. The first basic benefit, TSP, and of course, Social Security. But they all don't work the same way. And if you don't, if you elect them at different periods of time, 
you may be dealing with reduced benefits. And what you're looking at is how do I layer these income flows to give me the maximum benefits that I can get, which protect me both today as well against probably the most critical aspect, which is longevity of life. And that is simply living beyond what you thought you were and having enough money to support you in all those later years in life. Well, that is important. And I think for most of us, we want to be living as long as we absolutely can. So going off that, the another point we talked about was maximizing Social Security benefits. So why is that such a critical decision for a federal employee? Well, again, Social Security has primarily three triggering mechanisms. You've got electing it at age 62, which is early. Or you could take it at your full retirement age, which, could, which will be 66 or 67, uh, depending on when you were born. And then you have the maximum benefit that becomes eligible. You become eligible for once you reach age 70. So if you look at those three triggering dates, what you realize, if you elect Social Security early at 62, um, you're going to be taking about a 30% reduction off your full Social Security benefit. And where that can impact you is much later in life, as, again, against the longevity of life. A key indicator, I believe, is 82 years, six months. If you are alive after 82 years, six months, every dollar you will collect from Social Security will be more if you had elected it at age 70 versus at any of the other time options available to you. So again, having a larger piece of Social Security, um, electing it later provides extra income later in life. And it really protects you because your FERS and your Social Security benefits will be there for you for as long as you are alive. The wild card in that, of course, is your thrift savings program, which is it. And if you spend down your TSP, what you're left with are the two uh, pension plans that you have, and you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself if that does happen to you. So we're going back to the concept of layering the income flow to protect us not only today, but during our retirement and at the end. And it seems like so far the common theme that I'm hearing is it's about longevity of retirement. If the focus isn't retiring today, it's making sure that in 20, 25 years into your retirement, you're still living that life you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody can retire today. The question is, how long can they go? And that's part of the factor, which is why retirement isn't about a yearly thing. It's about a life. When you think about retirement, you're really thinking about end of life, not the day you leave federal service. And if you take that broad picture and you factor that into the equation, it becomes important to focus when you are or could be the most financially at risk, which is later in those years of retirement. And that's where you really need to protect yourself from running into financial trouble. So, and on that note, we talked about in one of our last episodes, the TSP and how the value of the TSP is really to help fill the gaps that's left by social security and your first pension. Now, one of the points that you gave me for critical decisions is evaluating the TSP withdrawal options. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are some of the critical decisions around TSP withdrawal options? Yeah, uh, the TSP is the wild card. 
Um, and that's what differs FERS primarily from the old CSRS retirement system, because the old CSR, CRS retirement system really created financial security. And when you say financial security, what you're really saying is you're not going to exhaust those resources. When they created FERS and they brought the thrift savings program into the equation, the sales pitch was really you could earn more money than uh, when in retirement than you earned as an actual federal employee. And yes, while that is true, uh, you could also earn substantially less. The onus is on your shoulders. And so as an employee, you are bearing the responsibility for the investment, which is the thrift savings program. And it's the one program that there is no guarantee that that money will be there for you uh, for a specific period of time. As we see with the market shifting, the value of our investments going up and down, uh, this will continue when you move into retirement. And so when you look at how do I prepare for retirement, don't overcomplicate things. Retirement planning for federal employees is a function, number one, of income against expenses, and then planning for the variable expenses that can come into play that can blow up your retirement plan. And so with these three income sources, you have to take a realistic assessment of how much money is in your TSP and how much it will grow. And sometimes it might be better to delay a social security benefit, for instance, and start your TSP withdrawals earlier for fear that that money won't support you. Again, what we're trying to do is build in a continuous stream of income to support your financial needs throughout your life. Oftentimes, federal employees who leave federal service don't have a withdrawal strategy, and it leaves them at risk to expedite or quickly deplete the assets that they have in the TSP because there's no rhyme or reason to it. So just like you plan for the date you're going to retire and you're going to elect FERS, you also want to plan how am I going to distribute or withdraw my TSP funds? When am I going to do it and how long am I going to do it for? And most importantly, how long will that money last? Yeah, and that's an absolute great point. Uh, one thing we talked about in our last episode was the strategy of taking some of your TSP money and rolling it into a guaranteed indexed annuity. Have you seen federal employees do this? What is the success rate? Is it something you would recommend that you've seen be successful? Yeah, I, that's, that's a great point. And I think, first of all, the concept of annuities in the eyes of federal employees is a little bit skewed. It's a little bit skewed because the Thrift Investment Board, while it offers annuities to its plan participants, they do limit the choice and the type of planning that an individual would need to do before exercising them. And as a result, they, they are not really uh, attractive because it's kind of an all or none proposition. And annuities have evolved. An annuity is really what FERS is. It's a guaranteed income for the rest of your life. And for a lot of employees, in my experience with talking with them, the, they like the idea of investing in the TSP, but a lot of times they're uncomfortable with the consequences of investing, uh, the fluctuation in the markets, the fact that their money, they, they could run out of money. And quite honestly, 
a lot of employees really aren't in a financial position to put away the kind of money that they would like to to create the financial wealth that they're hoping for to secure them through their thrift savings program. And so when you look at annuities as a potential option, a lot of times a federal employee should really look at an annuity as more of a supplement to their income as opposed to their income. And so in a lot of instances, if you look at retirement planning at its basic, step one, replace my income to cover my expenses, that's really the first question. When you look at your fixed expenses, and these are the, the everyday necessities of living, how much money are you going to need on a monthly basis to pay your bills? And then the question is, do, does your FERS, does your Social Security provide enough money to cover those expenses? Or are you going to be required to dip into your thrift savings program and other investments on a regular basis? If you're in that situation, there is a logic in carving out part of your TSP money, not all of it, just part of it, to provide a level stream of guaranteed income that'll protect you for the rest of your life to close that expense gap and cover those expenses. And so annuities provide the guarantee income that, and the security and the safety net that a lot of employees are looking for in retirement. So you could turn part of your success in the thrift into fixed income to protect yourself. Oftentimes people say, I don't want to do that because it's a use it or lose it benefit. And that's not the case with annuities. If you set the annuity up properly, um, you can guarantee that your investment will be payable to you if you pass away before you've exhausted all that money. So there are a lot of myths about annuities that float out into the government, um, as with a lot of other things. And it's really imperative for you to know the facts before you make a decision, because quite honestly, it's your money, it's your retirement. And, and nobody's in a better position than you are if you understand the, the pros and the cons of what you're doing before you make decisions. Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there that education is key in understanding and with all insurance type products, there's lots of different types that exist. Some of them can be beneficial to you, some of them can't. Um, and you need to consider what is best for your personal situation. The other point that we make on here, our fourth critical decision, is managing healthcare coverage after retirement. And I know from what I've seen, one of the biggest considerations that's often overlooked when it comes to managing healthcare is the cost of skilled nursing or long-term care. For those of us who are lucky enough to live long enough, statistically, it's probably going to happen that at some point you're going to need some help. What have you seen in the federal government? What are employees doing to protect that expense? Well, the fourth piece, the managing of healthcare costs, uh, I don't think employees are doing enough to address it. Um, this is a perfect example of what I call the second tier of retirement planning, which is planning for the variables or the things that you can't control that could come in and really turn your retirement plan upside down. When you look at those types of things that you have to account for, you've got taxes, you've got inflation, and then you've got healthcare. And healthcare specifically, long-term care. A lot of times when I talk to federal employees, they kind of, they kind of create a false sense of security and conditioning themselves 
that they have health coverage through FEHB for the rest of their life. They have Medicare. And those are in and the FEHB program is employer paid. So they they kind of create a they take a deep breath and they say, look, I've got health cover, coverage taken care of and it's controlled. And you do. And those are fantastic benefits. But what they do is they forget that healthcare doesn't protect against the lingering or the ongoing healthcare conditions that we come down when we, when we simply age. And so while you're taking care of the medical condition, so let's say for the sake of discussion, you suffer a stroke and you have to go into the hospital, they, they will take care of you as part of your FEHB and your Medicare. But once they stabilize your condition, what you're left with is on you. And, and sometimes a result of those conditions simply means that you need assistance. Um, whether it's getting in and out of the shower, getting dressed in the morning, um, or you know, being able to use the restroom on your own. And that assistance is not free. That you have to pay for. And what happens in a lot of instances is we view long-term care as nursing home. And it's, it, it's a very scary proposition. But in reality, long-term care starts much sooner. And in a lot of cases, it happens as we age. And this is where employees get exposed is, you know, I'm not, they're not worried about long-term care when they're 62 or when they're 65, when they're retiring. They're focused on grandkids, vacations, travel, and so on. As they age, they become more dependent on others to help them. And this is when they could become the most vulnerable because they have covered, you know, they've spent down during their retirement years, their TSP, their assets. Um, and as a result of this, when you get into your late 70s and 80s and, and going, and, you know, and onward from there, uh, these are when these conditions kick in. And as a result of that, they're now looking for ways to cover these expenses. And so, as I mentioned earlier, Medicare, FEHB doesn't cover it, nor does Medicaid. So you won't qualify for Medicaid. So really you're paying for these assets yourself. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're gonna come out of pocket for it. Um, it doesn't help that OPM stopped their long-term care program, but that's really not the end of the, the world as there are a lot of long-term care programs out there. My suggestion to federal employees is to really do a needs assessment of how you're going to pay for long-term care again before you're going to retire. Because if you wait too long and you decide to buy insurance, you may not qualify or you can't afford it. Uh, but there are other options that are available to people and you want to make sure that not only do you have those, an idea of how you're going to pay for it, but you also want to make those available and viable through the proper estate planning documents. Um, if you're going to sell your house, do you have a trust that appoints a durable power of attorney to your executor so that they have the power to sell your house? If you haven't seen that through, the executor's not gonna be able to sell your house because they don't have the ability to do so. And with HIPAA laws being what they are, you've really gotta make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's on that legal side so that you're giving your family members the correct control and, and direction as to what you want done because you may not be in a position to tell them. And so 
planning for these this this potential catastrophic expense um, is just smart financial preparedness before you step out into retirement and enjoy those golden years. Very well said. And I think, you know, just to sort of recap on that a little bit, when we look at our retirement income, we're looking at more of a fixed set income through your pension, through FERS and Social Security, as well as your TSP, which may or may not be around when you're in your 80s. So it becomes much, much more important that you are considering these unexpected healthcare costs ahead of time because long-term care costs can easily get into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially if you're looking at doing it for multiple years. So those are excellent points you make. Um, well, thank you so much for getting on with us and talking about these four critical decisions. Before we let you go, is there anything else you want to say? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. And I always love the opportunity to share with employees the value of understanding their benefits and keeping it real. The one thing that I will uh, share with you in closing is when you look at these four decisions that we've talked about, they are decisions and there's consequences for these decisions. Oftentimes, once you make these decisions, you can't change them. So I really encourage you to explore your options before you make these decisions so that you're in, you have the most knowledge at your disposal that puts you in the best position to make a decision. And that's going to be a decision that's right for you. And so take the time to understand this because your assets, FERS, Social Security, Thrift Savings Program, literally are worth millions of dollars to you. And you want to make sure that you manage them properly to extract as much of that money as possible so that you can enjoy your retirement. Absolutely and very well said. And for those of you who are interested in getting that education, understanding what your options are so you can make the best decision available to you, you can reach out to us at info at fedadvantage.com and we'll be happy to engage you in a conversation and help you understand these more. Jim, thank you so much for getting on with us today. And just to recap, we have our four critical decisions we talked about today. Choosing your best retirement date, maximizing your social security benefits, evaluating your TSP and your withdrawal options, and managing healthcare considerations in retirement. On our next episode in the series, we're going to take a look at charting a course to help your money last, following this theme of longevity in retirement. And we're going to take a look at a few different things. We're going to talk about the financial focus change that goes from accumulating to withdrawing. We're going to talk about generating an income stream that will last for your whole lifetime. And we're going to look at four steps to developing a strategy, preparing for the unexpected, envisioning your retirement, refining your investment mix, and how to choose a distribution method for tapping the assets you've accumulated. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fed Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Delatore, and I'll see you next episode.